Hello and welcome to the Shock Your Potential podcast. I am your host, Michael Sherlock. Each one of us holds great potential, and tapping into that potential is my passion and my mission. Shock Your Potential is a global leadership training company dedicated to creating positive, productive, and profitable workplaces. We develop, nurture, train, and guide leaders at all levels and at all points in their career. Through this podcast, I get to interview amazing leaders who are shocking their own potential and the potential of those around them. Learn more about us today at shockyourpotential.com and shockyourpotentialpodcast.com. And don't forget to check out my two best-selling books, Tell Me More, How to Ask the Right Questions and Get the Most Out of Your Employees, and Sales Mixology, Why the Most Potent Sales and Customer Experiences Follow a Recipe for Success. Join us now as we meet another great guest. And don't forget, subscribe, rate, and like us today. Thank you for joining me on another episode of Shock Your Potential, where all month long we are trying to figure out how to get 2020 out of our brains and move on. And I think my next guest is really going to help us in some unique ways. I cannot wait to talk to her. Her name is Melanie Weller. She's the world's leading expert in opening the door to health, performance, and innovation through the vagus nerve, the bridge between our narratives and our physical experience. She's a storyteller for the human body and has extensive background in stress management, chronic conditions, and people who haven't yet found success. And she focuses now on strengthening the leading edge in businesses, speakers, entertainers, athletes, artists, and medical professionals, which means we can all benefit from this today. So first of all, Melanie, thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for having me, Michael. I, you know, I don't always read people's full bios, but you had so many things in there that are just really, really interesting to me. And I told you before we started taping that I had to look up the vagus nerve <laughs> and understand a little bit more. So I'm going to let this, you know, be something you talk about. Tell us about you, your business, and how you help now, not just individuals, but companies to shock their potential. Sure. Well, I, uh, I, I now introduce myself. I usually lead with the, that I'm a medical visionary. Uh, ah, with gotcha. with that part of it, the but I'm a physical therapist and I've done that for almost 25 years and I was an athletic trainer before I went to physical therapy school. So I've been treating people's bodies for 30 years or so. And my when I started my own practice about 10 years ago, I branded myself as a stress management expert. And my real interest was to get people to stop this nonsense before it starts. Mm, <laughs> like, you know, oh. that, so you didn't end up in my office or, or that you didn't have to go around the block 10 times to find the answer that you're looking for. Yeah. And the, and I structured a lot of that around treating the vagus nerve as a pinch nerve. And mm. we are all very familiar when our vagus nerves are not working well because that's often when we get in a public speaking situation or something that makes us similarly nervous as that is known to do. Mm -hmm. And we get a lump in our throats and our palms start to sweat and our heart races and our digestion shifts because mm -hmm. those are all vagus nerve mediated functions. And I your vagus this. Like, I feel like this is something I, I've heard it before, but I feel like now I'm like, apparently I was not 
paying attention in biology class. <laughs> <laughs> well, Vegas nerve, you know, I, I have been screaming or been feeling like I've been screaming Vegas nerve is the problem into the wind for probably 20 years since I really got introduced to the concept of it as a pinched nerve. And certainly for the 10 years that I've owned my practice and the research in the world is really catching up to this right now. And so it's been very exciting to, uh, you know, to have my message land much more deeply than it has in the past. And so your vagus nerve, it's outside of your spinal cord and it goes all the way from your brainstem down to your pelvis. Mm -hmm. And it's the biggest part of your parasympathetic nervous system. So it balances our fight and flight responses. And it, what, it's what gives us grace under pressure. It's what gives us rest and digest. It what, uh, it's mm -hmm. what makes us feel good. And your parasympathetic nervous system is even, uh, uh, sexual arousal is your parasympathetic, it's parasympathetically driven. And so it's really our pleasure response as well and our ability to experience uh, good things in life, whether that's, um, you know, just things we enjoy and, you know, all the way on the spectrum to, to sexual arousal. And so, uh, and for most functions in your body, if you ask, is the vagus nerve involved? The answer is yes. <laughs> <laughs> if you have to ask the question, the answer is probably yes. <laughs> answer is probably yes. <laughs> and if it's not involved, it's bad, you know, it's just because your fight and flight system, you know, has taken over, like <clears throat> that that's the other answer to it. And so we know that stress and trauma always affects the voice and the breath. And your vocal cords and your diaphragm are horizontally oriented in the body. And so your vagus nerve gets pinched at these horizontal structures. Like in, in severe trauma, people will sometimes use, lose bowel and bladder control and your pelvic floor is another horizontal set of muscles. And so there are, <clears throat> I have uh, in my system, there are six major compression points where the vagus nerve gets compressed. And when it's compressed, it, it just impairs its function. And from a physical therapy standpoint, my interest over the years was largely because it uses the same neurotransmitter that your muscles do. Mm -hmm. And so you get these really beautiful musculoskeletal shifts. Like when somebody's knee mechanics aren't right, like say their kneecap is not tracking properly, you can decompress mm -hmm. the vagus nerve at the base of the skull and it shifts their knee Wow. Mechanics. And, and it's so fun because you just get these really far reaching and systemic effects from it. And because I, for most of my career, I ended up working with people who were complicated, you know, that had not, you know, that had seen other practitioners and, um, you know, or had multiple surgeries, you know, and, and that they had really been struggling to to get better by the time somebody would come to me even with say back pain for example their biomechanics are not right at their big toe their ankle their knee their hip their rib cage their neck and mm -hmm. their skull and so their back is just taking a beating for what's not working above it or below it they have no shock mm -hmm. absorption and you can make yourself crazy trying to fix that much biomechanical dysfunction as a clinician. Mm -hmm. You know, it can be hard to wrap your head around. And I was just so blessed to have a really progressive uh, physical therapy education at the University of Southern California that really taught us this, you know, to how to look at people head to toe and think about 
problems in that paradigm. And, um, and so when, uh, so decompressing the vagus nerve is just one of the fastest ways to get rid of 80% of what's going on or 90% of what's going on or 100% of what's going on. It just really cleans the windshield that even if your vagus nerve isn't necessarily the primary problem, that there's something underneath it, it gets rid of all of the junk so that you can have clarity about what's really happening here mm -hmm. and not go chasing your tail or taking the long road. Wow. I had no, you know, you just don't think about, I mean, you do know that everything's connect, you know, things are connected. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I know reflexology, my parents, you know, uh, got me into that when I was really young because my dad had um, pretty severe back pain for his life. And uh, so, you know, I, like I know pressure points that, that help in different areas, but never would have thought about how many other things that if you're really working on this and you start there, you may be able to uncover other elements along the way. Well, it's, it's just so fun. It's always a thrill. And, you know, and some of my success stories, you know, I will tell you, I like, I'm always, the, I feel like I'm always the most surprised person in the room still. Like it never, it never gets boring wow. to me that it, that like, oh my gosh, the pain's all gone. That's amazing. Yeah. No, <laughs> you know, and, you know, and I've been, and I've turned this into a, I'll talk a little bit more about this, but I work with people virtually as well. And so it's just been so fun to be able to take it, you know, especially, you know, to be, uh, have already known how to take it virtually pre-pandemic <laughs> that oh, we're, yeah. you know, as we're sitting in the middle of, you know, going towards or at the end of 2020 to uh, be able to understand how to, um, how to work the system in a virtual format. But really my superpower is helping people with the spiritual and stress-related underpinnings of their physical dysfunction. Mm -hmm. And so when I think about why the vagus nerve is compressed, it's not just a mechanical problem to me. It's like, all right, what's happening in your life and mm -hmm. it, th that's really driving this? Mm -hmm. And from working with all of my complicated, uh, you know, and I say that in the most loving kind of way because they taught me so much, my complicated clients, you know, over, my, over the years, what I realized was what was happening inside of their body was always very metaphoric for what was happening outside of their body. Mm -hmm. And so I've really taken the, these vagus nerve compression points and transformed them into, like I can talk about them as leadership compression points and I can talk about them as flow state compression points. And flow state is, it's, uh, probably the term that gets me the most interest and traction when I talk about it. And mm -hmm. so if you imagine that when like your diaphragm being a horizontal muscle, that if that muscle gets tight and adds compression to the vagus nerve, that it's not just blocking the flow of the nerve through the diaphragm, but it's going to block the flow of the arteries and veins and lymphatics and mm -hmm. your esophagus goes through there, you know, and so, yeah. it's, you know, it's going to cut off flow in many uh, of, of many, many structures. And when you don't have flow internally, you don't have flow externally. Right. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Because you're, you've already got physio physiological things that are um, being impacted, but yeah, eventually that's going to also uh, be manifested in how well you present or how well you, you know, how you feel that day or, you know, Absolutely. whether or not you feel comfortable and confident and yeah. 
Absolutely. And medically, we know that stress is the root of all disease. There's all sorts of mind-blowing statistics about all mm -hmm. of this, but we don't talk really in depth about what that means and what stress is. And what I have found is that stress lives very predictably in the body that you can, and when you start to tell the story and when you, you know, you can treat somebody's physical body and sometimes their story will change. But when you treat their story, their physical yeah. body and their physical world will always change. Yeah. You know, we are really wired for story. And from a pain standpoint, the difference between acute, subacute pain and chronic pain is that chronic pain gets locked into your limbic system, which is where your emotions are. And you have to have an emotional key to get it out of there. You can't technical talk yourself out of your limbic system. <laughs> well, and as you're talking, I was thinking about, um, there were, I was just telling the story to somebody the other day too. Um, there were three times in my life where I was so stressed out um, at, with my work and probably the rest of life and everything at the time that I was having chest pains. And uh, once I was, you know, my doctor said, you got to go to the ER right now. Um, even though the two times prior, uh, I, you know, went to see him in the, in the, um, in just his, his office and, you know, did EKGs and all that stuff. And it was all normal, normal, quote unquote, mm -hmm. normal, except for what we found is that I was so stressed. I was having um, the lining of my chest cavity was getting inflamed. And so it was getting more severe. And you know, the last time I was, you know, my whole left arm went numb. So they're like, okay, I don't care. At that point, I think I was my late twenties and they're mm -hmm. like, uh, uh, maybe late, maybe that was late thirties. So I had one like in my twenties, my thirties and my forties, <laughs> one of these times. But you know, what's interesting is, is, you know, the doctor's like, well, are you under a lot of stress? I'm like, yes, I'm under a lot of stress. I had a lot of things going on and, and not all of them were positive, but he's like, okay, well you have to manage your stress. And I'm like, well, now I'm stressed about having to manage my stress. Like, what <laughs> exactly. do you mean manage my stress? Get your stress <laughs> under control. Like, okay, I don't know what that means. Like, I don't know. Okay. You know, and now I've found, you know, meditation and other things that really help with that. But um, you're absolutely right. We talk, it's like, okay, well, then here's a prescription. Just be less stressed. Well, that, that doesn't Right, and that doesn't really work. Do <laughs> <laughs> no, that doesn't work. Well, and, you know, like one of the, you know, like in my more severe end of the chronic pain spectrum patients, like ones that have fibromyalgia and chronic fatigue syndrome and things like that. Mm -hmm. If you tell them just to let something go, that's terrifying <laughs> to them because they're already shattered into a million pieces. Like they yeah. literally cannot let anything go. Yeah. You know, you have to start filling them up. Yeah. Oh you my know, gosh. So, so that they get more solid, you know, and I think in the business world, there's a real opportunity to bring these underpinnings of stress to really keep people out of my office and to keep people out yeah. of other people's offices, you know, to yeah. really, because by the time it shows up in your body, it's been in your field for a while. Yeah. No kidding. Yeah. It's just been sitting back there. So how, how do you help them virtually now? Well, the, so some of it's coaching based with my system, but what, uh, but in the, in the throes of my own midlife crisis and my own body falling apart and my life falling apart, I had a, uh, in my early forties, I had, uh, my, my blood pressure got really high and I was having mm -hmm. a lot of plantar fasciitis mm -hmm. problems and, uh, my marriage was under a lot of strain 
and I had a professional lawsuit against me. So everything mm. was like my whole yeah. world was coming apart on, yep. uh, on every level. And, you know, I had been, I was kind of like everybody's best kept secret. Like I was, I'm really good at flying under the radar and being invisible or like, you know, that has been my pattern for most of my life. And mm -hmm. I, you know, my reputation was that I was the body whisperer and, you know, everybody really liked that. I, I have a lot of, I've worked really hard for a lot of uh, letters after my name over the mm -hmm. years and, you know, and they're through my professional association, <laughs> you know, so they're hard, you know, credentials. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but people really like to come to me for my soft skills. Mm -hmm. And so, and I, in the, uh, and so I was, but it was really like putting a, you know, I had been like shoving a square peg into a round hole for years. Mm -hmm. And I just had to back up and kind of figure out what I really wanted my practice to look like and how I wanted to show up because I couldn't stay, it was stressing me out way too much to, mm -hmm have this incongruency between, you know, being able to kind of intuitively guide people through what their stress was and, you know, and just seeing all of these patterns over and over for years in different people. And, you know, and then along with my hard, you know, biomechanical skills and I, uh, I needed a way to really bring them together. Mm -hmm. And, in the throes of my uh, own exploration of myself, uh, I did some reading and I st started reading about how mythology was a mode of transmitting scientific information. Mm -hmm. Yes. So for example, in the ancient uh, myth of Isis and Osiris are the numbers of the earth's processional cycle. So it was a way they communicated the cosmology. And there's other major myths from other cultures that have the same numbers in them. And so my PT brain was like, oh, the earth's at a 23 and a half degree tilt. I wonder what's 23 and a half degrees from the midline of the body. Ooh. And in all of my anatomy books, and I've had a chance to look at real skulls since as well, the opening uh, where your vagus nerve exits the base of the skull is 23 and a half degrees from the center of where your spinal cord exits. Weird. <laughs> and yeah, it's like, you know, well, and it's like, I mean, it's a oh, opening's big enough. Like it's a, you know, there's a range of angles, but 23 and a half degrees crosses that you know, that angle. And our earth goes from, I think like 21.1 to 24.5 over thousands of years. And just from my formal training, like I know that uh, normal rotation between your first and second cervical vertebrae is 47 degrees to each side. So it's twice 23 and a half. And then mm -hmm. I learned that there's 47 degrees between the pole stars that the earth points to over thousands of years and there's your anterior cruciate ligament in the knee sits at an average of a 47 degree angle and uh, average foot rotation is 23 degrees. Huh. And so there's all of these, uh, you know, so there were just all of these, you know, fractals of that 23 and a half that, you know, that I could rattle off. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and the, and what I've put together is, uh, that there are these critical angles in the body that mimic the angles of the earth. And if those angles are not right in your body, you are less likely to feel well. And mm. part of that goes, I believe, with setting up your electromagnetic field because research shows us that when solar and space weather disrupt the electromagnetic field of the earth, it is measurable in our vagus nerves. 
Wow. By the gold standard measure uh, for for the vagus nerve, which is called heart rate variability. And it's a, you know, there's over 200,000 research articles on it. It's a very well established measure. So when solar and space weather disrupts the electromagnetic field of the earth, it shows up in our bodies and the extent to which it shows up depends on the strength of our interpersonal connections. Oh. So the more connected we are, the less blown about we are. Huh. More grounded. More grounded. Exactly. Gotcha. And the next step of that, I, shortly after this, I did a free online seminar for holiday stress. Mm-hmm. And I ended up talking a lot about the ventricles of the brain and the ventricles of the brain make cerebral spinal fluid. And I have uh, an image in an anatomy book that has been my favorite picture of anything anatomical ever for 20 years since I got them. And it's a compilation of MRI images to give you a 3D picture of what the ventricles look like. Mm-hmm. And when I opened them up, this time, I, what I saw was, oh my gosh, they look just like the ram's horns that represent Aries in astrology. And oh. in astrology, Aries rules the head. Uh-huh. And, you know, and so then I was like, oh, well, where's the rest of it? Because I was in this <laughs> mindset of like, oh, mythology was, you know, it was a mode right. of talking about science. Right. Absolutely. And sure enough, the way our highway bones in our throats and on top of our larynxes looks just like the symbol for Taurus and Taurus rules the throat. And the aortic arch is the same shape as the symbol for Leo and Leo rules the heart. And so it works its way the whole way through the body. Wow. I and have, that is amazing. It's so amazing. It's just, and it's just so perfect. Like it makes complete sense. Like Libra rules the kidneys and Libra is represented by scales. What is Pisces? Pisces, Pisces is fish. It's feet. Pisces rules the feet. Oh. So they're your flippers. <laughs> you know, that makes but, sense. you know, uh, but you know, your kidneys sit in your low back, like a set of scales and, you know, for us, scales also represent justice. And at least in the United States, I know that the populations with the highest levels of social injustice also have the highest levels of kidney disease. Weird. So it really, sh- like, we really embody this without realizing, uh, you know, like I, like it just shows up very, I, you know, I call part of my process story prescription that it really like, it shows up very predictably and prescriptively in the, mm-hmm. in the body. And so I, and, and it works not only through Western astrology, it works through, you know, the, I've been through the Egyptian pantheon with it, the, um, the Vedas tell the story of our anatomy as well. And so you can, you know, there's, a lot of Hindu mythology in the body as well. And so mm-hmm. you can really, uh, you know, I think the only role we ever follow is as above, so below. And that these stories, you know, that we think are just stories or ways they explain their gods have much more to them than we realize. And the anthropology and anthro- archaeology community is really learning more and more about how much smarter ancient people were than we realize, how much more they oh, absolutely. knew. Yeah, I actually studied mythology in uh, in college, and just I'm still so passionate about it. And it it was amazing to see, yes, the stories that were told that people just think they're stories, but how it conveyed, uh, yeah, especially scientific data. Um, but it allowed for people then to carry that through their their families and generations, and and keep order. And you know, we still use so many of them today that in uh, absolutely different ways that we don't recognize yeah. that a lot of people don't recognize. So part of how, so from all of this, I created a form of energy medicine. 
And so that's part of also how I'm able to work with people in a virtual format as well as seeing how, you know, the ram is living in their heads and the bull in their throat and the lion in their hearts. And, you know, I can use the energy techniques and it can also use a lot of meditation and visualization and art and other techniques to help rebalance those aspects of themselves as well. And for the less, um, maybe spiritually inclined, you know, people, I, you know, I've, I'm also able to kind of like to strip all of that language, you know, out of it, you know, or to really start with like, okay, so if your vagus nerve is compressed at your head, and certainly 2020 has left us all not mm-hmm. in our heads in the right yep. way, you know, and it's, you know, we talk about 2020 vision, and when your heroics and your desires are at odds with each other, it impairs your vision. And that's kind of like your Aries on your Taurus, you know, like when those are locking horns or like those energies aren't lined up with each other, you will end up with, that's part of what causes vagus nerve compression at the base of the skull. So where are you being the hero in somebody else's story and not your own? Ooh. I like it. You know, I or like where, it. like, do you really even know what you want? what you desire, you know, or are you busy? Is your life full of fulfilling everybody else's desires and not your own? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, yeah. And I like that. It's really interesting that you can do that and give people a different way to look at it, but it's all about, you know, what you proactively take control over. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, and so having the, you know, and when you can kind of tease those things apart from each other, or see the, you know, the, the scale or the, the imbalance that it's creating yeah. because you can literally kind of weigh those two aspects against each other, you know, then you can start to have a real in-depth conversation about what is, how is this stress playing out in your life? Yeah. Well, and I think this fits really well in, you know, with our theme here for the month is trying to fig, you know, trying to be really purposeful about what can we control to at least feel like, you know, we have some control over all this craziness and we can get to the point where we can leave 2020 behind and whether it's psychologically, emotionally, spiritually, whatever, uh, move into a new year and feel, you know, some new empowerment, you know, what, what do you suggest? What, what kind of tools or tips can you give us to do that? Well, sure. Well, the first thing I'll tell you is to go to my website and uh, opt in with your email address at the bottom. It will send you a free vagus nerve decompression course. It'll also send you a map of the flow uh, state compression points, Mm -hmm. you know, with some of that, like your heroics versus your desires, you know, so it lists out the six Uh, compression points with a worksheet that you can do a little reflection for it as well. The, at the end of the day, all we can really do is control ourselves and what we're doing. And I know that for some people that seems really small, but that's, it's really, truly magical because all we really have is the present, you know, and when we get anxious and fearful, we're stuck in the past or projecting into the future. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, and I get it, stress and trauma, it's hard. Like life can be really, really hard. But even just the power of, you know, making a pot of soup or drawing, you know, doodling on some paper and, Mm -hmm. or reading a book or, you know, doing something that really nourishes yourself Mm -hmm. is incredible. And the story I often tell around this is when my youngest son was learning how to read in school and like by the time you know around seven or eight like he was 
really struggling and he was not keeping up, you know, with his friends. And then he got, uh, he got additional help in school, but he labeled himself a bad reader and then he didn't want to read. And then it was this whole big thing, <laughs> you know, yeah. that nobody wanted it to be. And I was working with someone for myself at the time and had a big breakthrough and literally within hours of this, he walks up to me and says, mom, I think I'd like to write a book. Wow. And I said, great. And so I set him up on the computer with a word document to, you know, that's how he wanted to do it. And he really learned how to read more by writing and getting, you know, the computer to, yeah, to, uh, spell check him and the thing, but it was like, I cleared part of my own junk out of the way and it gave him the space yeah. to have his breakthrough. And so really, really, really don't minimize the power of, uh, you know, of focusing on yourself and working on yourself and reflecting on yourself because mm -hmm. those transformations will ripple out into all areas of your life. Amen. I'm a firm believer in that. <laughs> Clear out the junk and we make room for all kinds yeah. of good stuff. <laughs> and I think the other piece that I would share is to really, you know, and I have some more specific ways that I teach people this, but to really develop a language with your body so that you know how your body says yes and how your body says no. Because your mind is a slippery entity that will, um, you know, that is way too often a liar in your life. Yeah, yeah no kidding. <laughs> and but to really have a body-based decision-making process can really keep you grounded. I love it. I love it. Um, I, just fascinating. I'm so glad that we had you on today. This is a really interesting topic. I, I want to keep uh, following this because this is something really, I, I wish I would have known it a long time ago. <laughs> oh, and well, I know we're we're, we'll have all your contact information on the show notes, but in case somebody wants to look you up right now because they want to find your website, what's the best way for them to reach you? My website is melaniewheller.com and my contact information is all over it. So Perfect. That's easy enough. I love it. Before we go, do you have any last words of wisdom or pearls of advice mm. for my listeners and viewers? Yeah, I'll share my favorite uh, saying is from a tribe in the Andes Mountains. And they say that your future is behind you, propelling you forward. And your past is in front of you, waiting for you to make peace with it and clear your way. And so as we go into 2021, to really know that your future has your back and that you're supported, that you can lean into it, and that it's not something that you have to go out and chase. I love that. That that is definitely thought-provoking. <laughs> Thank you so much for being a guest today. I'm so glad we had you on. Thank you, Michael. This was great. Thank you for joining us on another episode of Shock Your Potential. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and like our podcast. And for more information, find us at shockyourpotential.com and shockyourpotentialpodcast.com.